Welcome to episode 15 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Today, I welcome back Adrian Espinoza and Eric Manning to the podcast as our guests this week. Guys, how are you doing? I'm good. Doing very well. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming back. We got a, a good podcast set up for today. Uh, we're going to be discussing, of course, the new newly released nominees for the Game Awards, which is going to be happening in just a few weeks. So excited to do that. What have you guys been playing lately? Eric, if you want to go first. Oh, what have I been playing lately? I've been playing... Uh, I've been on the Switch a lot. On my downtime, I've been playing a lot of... Uh, like when I have time at home, I have been playing my Xbox a lot. But mm -hmm. Switch-wise, I've been playing surprisingly just some solo Mario Party. Nice. Just trying to like check That's it cool. out and see what the different things are. Mm -hmm. um, I've been putting in time just so that when I am playing with people, I have a little bit more of an understanding of the mechanics of the game and maybe some different options for the people who might enjoy different things. Mm -hmm. There's a so, lot of different modes in there. Did you try yeah, the? A, did you try the soundstage mode yet? It's uh, like a, it's kind of like a, yeah. You you have to actually stand up. It's like kind of like a rhythm game yeah, type thing i did try that one once it's kind of yeah. hard it is uh, it's a little it's a little difficult that it's, sounds uh, really interesting it, it wasn't sound my like favorite normal. one yeah what's weird so i do really like the board game style one i forget the name of that one um but i also really like the rowboat one yeah i played the the rowboat one once uh but i guess you have to play it like three times if you play it five times, I think that's how you unlock Donkey Kong. So just oh FYI. really? So I'll just keep going. Wait, I, so is this? I played it three times because it's kind of fun, and each time you go through it, you can go through like different paths. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty cool. It's super easy when you're by yourself, though. I oh, did I try bet. playing with someone. It was a little bit more challenging. I can't, I haven't played yeah. it with four people yet. I bet it would yeah. be pretty weird with four. I did that I, mode with three people, and it was insane to try and coordinate. Oh, it's so hard because like you all to have row. to row together if you want to go yeah. fast or yeah. Wait, yeah, so are you playing the hard. same like you're playing Mario Party, but you're playing it in a different fashion, essentially? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they have like the traditional board game mode, like yeah. Mario Party, and then they have a bunch of different other types of modes that still involve mini games. Mm -hmm. And one of them is like this river mode where you if you have four people, each person has like one oar and that you have to coordinate you know two and two people rowing together so to like navigate it and there's different paths that open up and there's like different enemies that you'd run into and stuff so yeah it's just a different way to play the game just varieties yeah. of play it's fun which is yeah. nice because right now the the biggest complaint that the game's getting is the there's not enough board selection there's only four boards which i agree it's True. like I, kind of a bummer that the boards are they feel smaller they don't have as much depth as the older games do but there's also a variety of other modes that people are not even touching on Right. I get it's like not the main part of the game, but they're they're worth checking out. I've gone through and mm -hmm. played all of the different most of the modes. Um, I I haven't played the partner mode yet, which I guess is supposed to be very fun. So I'll yeah, I haven't played the partner mode. I did try, um, <clears throat> which was really challenging. But they suggest when you do the rowboat by yourself mm -hmm. to use two Joy Cons. Really, so that you're rowing together. I did oh. try that that on my like third time going through. It was um easier because you can go faster but mm. it was harder when you were trying to like turn i found myself because i'm not a 
rower, obviously. So I kind of like thought about (laughs) using like different, I I would use the wrong hand or something and it would go the wrong direction. I'm like, oh, frick, that's not the way I want to go. I I Um, wish your wife walked in when you're playing. I'm sure that looked really silly. Dude, I'm just picturing picturing Eric just like on a skinny little boat. Oh like my gosh. She's like sees me from like my back and she just sees my arms moving. She's like, what are you doing? Jeez. Adrian, what have you oh. been playing lately? So uh mainly just Call of Duty. Uh yeah. it's kind of weird because I usually feel like I'm flipping ah, at least so two to three, mm-hmm. three three games at once. But right now, uh crazy enough, it's almost all of my attention is just towards Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. The only so thing I really good. played besides mm-hmm. it was the Spider-Man DLC, and I'm probably going to continue that. I'll probably play the Spider-Man DLC and finish that out like yeah. as it comes, but yeah. really just keep all of my attention towards Black Ops. As we kind of yeah. talked about earlier, I, uh, I've i already put about 50, 50-something hours into the game. Yeah. Wow. So uh, it's just like into all Spider-Man more. Spider-Man or into Call of Duty? Into, Bla- into Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh my gosh, dude. Heck I've yeah. already put in a, a good amount of time, and that's just the multiplayer. The multiplayer I put in about 50, it was like two days and like six hours and three minutes, something like that. Frick. And if I count like zombies, because zombies is normally my biggest, um, my biggest like attention seeker in terms of call of duty this is the first time in a long time where it's the opposite it's multiplayer right now yeah um, but even if i count like zombies i've at least put eight or nine hours into that so i'm probably like 60 hours into this game dude that's insane dude i yeah. think that there's something to this multiplayer though i think that this was it's a perfect so season for um for black ops to come out because think about all the different types of games we're playing right now with um they're oh, not being a multiplayer anymore really we mm-hmm. nobody's really bringing games out like that anymore but the only well, other one is battlefield but i yeah, feel like it's not say. getting well, anywhere no. near the attention because well, they, uh, they delayed the the uh battle royale mode which of mm-hmm. course that's that's yeah. what helped push call of duty i think i mean it's gonna sell every year the game's crazy crazy yeah, number it's such a, an, a blackout, it's, a, it's, a, helped, it's a franchise no matter what yeah i think blackout helped bring a lot of lapsed players like myself back into the franchise who yeah i agree in the last like four years off just because i i got sick of the multiplayer and mm-hmm. how like repetitive it got so i, I think they've done a fantastic job and we'll definitely be talking about uh call of duty later in the show oh, for sure uh yep. spoiler alert there but uh anyhow <laughs> before we begin i'd like to take a moment to let uh, everybody know where you can find in your element online uh, the website is inyourelementpodcast.com. Go there for all of your news and just general updates with stuff. Instagram is at inyourelementpodcast. Twitter is at IYE podcast. Visit patreon.com slash inyourelement and support at any level to receive bonus episodes early, gain exclusive access to the Inner Element Discord server, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any questions for the show, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. So let's jump right into the news. Uh, huge, huge piece of news that broke earlier today mm-hmm. is that Sony will be skipping E3 in 2019. Game Informer spoke with Sony, who said, quote, as the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look for inventive opportunities to engage the community. The company told Game Informer in a statement, PlayStation fans mean the world to us, and we always want to innovate think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we've decided not to participate in E3 in 2019. 
We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and can't wait to share our plans with you, end quote. This is the first time in 24 years that Sony will be absent from the show. Guys, what is your thoughts on this? It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree. But I think in in like a crazy awesome way. Yeah. You know, because I mean, so I'll go first on this one, I guess. So yeah. I read this today earlier on IGN and I was just like thinking, oh, my gosh, whoa, this is like the first big company that's like gaming company that's literally trying to remove themselves from E3 entirely yeah. and saying, like, let's do it on our own. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to bring to their customers or their um you know they're devoted gamers who are are um like devoted to sony and they're saying we want to present something to you guys the way that we really want yeah and we want to put like our money into it we want to give it to you guys the way that we truly want to give it to you Mm -hmm. and i think removing themselves is going to allow them to do that no ties really allows them to do it. i mean think about some of the big companies like Apple, who literally have their keynotes and they go out there and present, um, you know, mm-hmm. new products or new mm-hmm. software or Microsoft going out there doing the same thing. It's almost like they're doing what these big companies are doing. Yeah. And they're giving them the themselves the opportunity to just blow their customers away with mm-hmm. whatever that means. Obviously, we're going to find out more, but that's yeah. just kind of how, how I, when I was reading through this, how I was envisioning it. Yeah. I was just thinking, man, these guys are really passionate about their customers. Yeah. And I'm interested to see if their passion really, um, I don't know, really wows us in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not the first company that's removed themselves from E3 entirely. I know yeah. famously a few years back, Nintendo pulled out of the live portion of E3 and started going with the Nintendo Direct formats. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah. So they they're still at E3, but they're not their presence. It, they don't have that live conference anymore. And I think right. uh, I think Sony might be trying to move towards a. Uh, a non-live approach as well too similar to xbox has the inside xbox Mm. periodically as well they've been moving to more of like a nintendo direct style format to deliver news and i think being away from those live trade shows gives sony a bit more of uh, a way to to shape their narrative for the year instead of relying on these big trade shows that they go on these Mm -hmm. big you know um there's uh all the pax events paris games week psx Uh, e3 of course so there's there tons of other uh, opportunities for them to get their message out but this allows them to like paint their picture of of when they want to deliver that information yeah so, i also have concerns that maybe they're gonna they're trying to like hold back on budgetary things too so i doubt i doubt that originally i feel like the first um response that i was seeing from a lot of people was in a more negative light like oh yeah. they don't know what they're they don't have an idea what they want to do yet you know they're Mm -hmm. they are struggling with certain things i honestly kind of looked at it as a bold approach yeah it's a bold move to make and in a good in a good way basically uh they reminded me a lot of what marvel studios did a few years back too in the Mm -hmm. sense where everybody goes to like comic-con and they learn about these new movies that are coming out yeah and uh, a little while back after marvel really made their huge smashing success they started doing kind of like Apple does their keynotes when they would 
announce like their next phase of like movies they'd mm-hmm. be like okay instead of announcing all this stuff at comic-con which i know they still do stuff there but they have like their own stuff that they do at like a theater where they show off like hey come see what we got to talk about on our end in the same way that eric was just saying they they probably want to start figuring out a way where they can make their own event right shape it towards themselves just like you were saying Mm -hmm. make it their Mm -hmm. own opportunity to structure it and make it the way that they want right and have something cool for um for everybody there is a chance that yeah they have they just don't have many things to announce right now but i I just feel like it's too it's such a bold move to make that i feel like it wouldn't necessarily be that way no, so I, I agree with you. I don't think they're, uh, you know, I saw the same stuff. People are saying, oh, Sony doesn't have anything to show, so that's why they're backing out. That's oh, clearly not it. the case. I mean, they they did cancel PSX this year because they Sean Layden came out and said that they basically don't have anything to show right now, so that's why they're canceling it. They don't want to have a, a a huge celebration for PlayStation and not have any exciting big news. They did not so, say something like that this time. No, and they exactly that's one thing that kind of points that out. And also, I, I can't imagine that they would go. I mean, if you look back, the last big announcement they had would have been E3 from this year. I can't imagine them skipping almost an entire what year? Well, plus a year to a year and a half, not delivering any news. So I know that they, they have something there that they're waiting to time for when they're ready. You know, a lot of companies famously come out and don't show stuff or give a teaser and say, oh, we're not ready to show anything at this time, but they want to make sure that they get that announcement out at the big trade shows. Yeah. I think Sony is holding their cards back for, clearly this is going to be for PlayStation 5, um, that their oh, announcement, because they probably wouldn't be ready to do it by E3. So I imagine, I was expecting initially PlayStation 5 to be announced spring of 2020 and launch fall of 2020. But now mm-hmm. I can't I can't see them waiting until then if they aren't going to be at E3. Uh, sure. I, I, I could see now maybe a fall of 2019 announcement. And then That'd who knows? Interesting. Maybe we get a spring 2020 release for PlayStation 5. So I, this this tells me that, yeah, I think it, you're right, Adrian. It's a bold move and they're doing it intentionally to yeah, set in the up, right direction. I think. Yeah. To set us up for something much bigger. And they want to, again, they want to control that narrative and not have other outlets. Because you think about E3, it's so hard to get your message out because there's so much going you on. You have there. a specific runtime. Right. You have to prep yeah. for that specific runtime. Yeah. We all, like, like we saw last year, what they did at E3 last year. It's like, you, yeah. you have this amount of time. You got to make sure you can figure all this stuff out that you want to announce. Yeah. And even well, if you look at what they did last year... Mm-hmm very it's very different compared to what they normally do and i feel like that's a sign that they're already trying to figure out like how to do different things yeah you know it was like well, a, ma- a minor sign but right well not only that too i think the the big issue that you run into is you're competing against microsoft you're competing against nintendo you're competing the against uh, blizzard well not blizzard there but you're competing against uh ubisoft ea all of these other huge developers and companies Bethesda. Yeah, Bethesda that are putting out their message and trying to get people excited about their games. Right. So Everyone's why? Going why with, against yeah. Themselves. Imagine, imagine Sony coming out and really, you know, announcing PlayStation Five. Yeah, I'm sure that would probably take the whole show, but it also gets lost amongst all of this other news that's going to be out during that time frame. It's a huge month for gaming, and I mm-hmm. think that they want to just make sure that they can bring all of the focus to themselves in a random month where they have it all to themselves and they can control that narrative. So. Um, what is interesting, though, uh, of them not attending, 
um, is that they still have four big titles in the pipeline. So they have The Last of mm-hmm. Us Part Two, mm-hmm. Death Stranding, Ghost mm-hmm. of Tsushima, and then Dreams, which is, I, I feel at this point, potentially never coming out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, do you guys, what do you guys make of this? So my initial thought of them skipping E3 here was, okay, you know, last year we saw basically those games minus Dreams. Um, well, there was some dream stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily gameplay. It was like that weird, like, uh, orchestra that they had that was all done in dreams, but, yeah. um, they basically showed these games off. I mean, it would, I, I would feel kind of shitty as a gamer getting hyped up for E3 and seeing essentially the same conference as the, the previous year. So I imagine that's probably why they're backing out is because they don't have anything else in development right now, at least for right. the Not current generation. Sure. Yeah. And they don't want to just rehash the same conference as last year. But this also tells me, though, that next year for PlayStation 4 gaming wise, I mean, Days Gone is going to be the only big first party release that's confirmed that got pushed back to April. Uh, yes. But besides that, I don't know what else they're going to be releasing. I well, imagine I feel like I feel like Sony puts so much into the games that they do develop. So I'm mm. not I, you guys know, like I, I don't have a, a PlayStation, but. I try to keep up, especially because I know all you guys that we hang out have one. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like they do invest so much into the games that they do have, like the whether they turn out to be great or not, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but they do invest these time, this time into them. And so, no, I don't feel like every year they are ready. Like, mm-hmm. I think this previous year was a perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, but I think what, you know, kind of going back to like, what their stance is on this. I think that it really does give them, like we've been saying that opportunity to present things when they want to present them, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that that's, what's important. And I think it's great because they do take that time, you know, like, no, we don't know when games are really coming Mm because they're taking forever to make them. Um, But at the end of the day, like they say they're going to come. Well, I guess we'll find out. But I don't know. I think this really just kind of dials it down for them. And they're able to actually tell us more about these games as they're producing them or they're getting ready for them to come out mm-hmm. rather than just giving us the same thing over and over every year. Yeah. yeah. I'm just concerned that we're not going to see any big first party titles. because they the PS4. For the PS4 I, yeah. I, next right. year, besides, besides Days Gone, um, I, I thought possibly we might have seen The Last of Us as like a fall or maybe winter release next year. Mm-hmm. But once they pushed back days gone, those, those games are too similar with like the zombies and that time frame. I like post apocalyptic post apocalyptic. Yeah, you don't think they'd type. stack them on each other. Like they that. wouldn't stack them anyhow. So that sure. once they pushed back days gone, that almost confirmed that, that last of us is going to be a 2020 game. But now brings up the question. If they do announce PlayStation five, is that going to be, uh, do you guys think it's going to be backwards compatible with PlayStation 4? Or do you think that they're going to do oh, the shoot. same thing that they did this generation and I, neglect the older consoles? I want to say they're going to neglect it. You think so? Okay. Based off of, like we talked about, like you just said, what they did last year. I, I don't, mm. like even now, uh, Microsoft is still pushing a lot into different types of uh in a different types of games that were previously made. They're still yeah. doing stuff like that, like yeah. all the time. The latest uh, 
what was the latest one that I was thinking about? It was like Gears of War was the one mm-hmm. that I really was hearing a lot about yeah. when they were pushing out like the first game. And mm-hmm. PlayStation still isn't doing anything like that. So I don't really see them now suddenly wanting to try it. It would be good. Mm-hmm. I would I would I would realistically say my answer was that I I hope they would, but yeah. based off of their previous actions, I don't feel like they're going to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think that in my opinion, I think PlayStation 5 will be backwards compatible with PlayStation 4. Um, And and for a number of reasons, um, the first big reason uh, that PlayStation 3 doesn't work on PS4 is the the structure of the PlayStation 3 console was vastly different. It was like a custom cell processor that they made that caused them all sorts of issues. And uh, that's why we still can't really reproduce PlayStation 3 games on a PlayStation 4 Um, like with PlayStation Now. Yeah, PlayStation Now, uh, you know, they just recently added the ability to download PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 2 games, but not PlayStation 3. Those ones still have to be streamed because the the way that those games were were built on that processor, they they just simply can't emulate that. So that's the reason that we don't have that uh, this generation. Microsoft, they figured that out because they they didn't kind of back themselves into a corner with the way they designed the 360. I was going to say, you think that's just terrible... Yeah, it's it, it is absolutely. It, it's no it's no surprise. And this is like very public stuff that Sony's kind of they've they've publicly come out and kind of said like, yeah, we've we kind of made a mistake Sorry. with PlayStation Three. Yeah. Uh, it's it's caused them a lot of issues. Um, that's part of the reason why we still can't change our PSN names. A lot of that same back end infrastructure was during that time frame. So they they made a lot of weird poor decisions back then that were very proprietary that caused them a lot of problems. So yeah. I think that they want to make right with the gamers, especially because Microsoft has made such a huge push into backwards compatibility with the Xbox 360 and the original That's Xbox huge. games, which is yeah. great. I mean, I don't I don't really care about backwards compatibility myself. I generally sell yeah. my old consoles and get the new one and and I, I don't revisit those older games. Um you know, the only older game that I go back old. to is Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> yeah. Which but you that, can get I mean, on your phone at this point. Yeah. Hey, right. hey, you stop it, Adrian. I buy it on every device I can. Oh, I, I, I definitely go back and play older games, but I don't <laughs> generally play like the previous generation. I'm I'm still no, like I'm for me, I don't far back. Yeah, I don't have nostalgia for something that came out like three, four years ago. Most of the time. There's there's certain ex- exceptions to that, of course. But that's really more of the case of like if I never played it and I always heard the buzz around it. Sure. You yeah. Know I mean, like I have a PlayStation three. I yeah. could go back to this game that I bought, never played and it was supposed to be really good. But typically right. if I genuinely, if I like want to go back to a game, it'll be like, I have my, I have a PS two and I have mm-hmm. all the entire, like first four Grand Theft Autos. And I love just, sometimes I love just turning it on and playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like vice city, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's just like, yeah, that's dude. older, you know, it's yeah. funner to think about that. Like, yeah, there's as nostalgia for that like now. Yeah. Dead Space, you know, the first right. one or something like that. Right. Those games, I, I don't know. I mean, also, there's just so many remasters but... and re-releases yeah. of those older games, too, that there's generally opportunities to play them on the current gen consoles as well. But yeah. I think PlayStation 5 is going to be backwards compatible with PS4. I think it's just going to be like uh, an iterative, iterative yeah. update like a PC would be where they just upgrade the graphics card, basically upgrade the processor, Make it so that it can run these. Yeah, it'll these be on the same build, games. essentially. Yeah, it's just going to be an upgrade. I mean, because the the current gen consoles are effectively just PCs when you break it down. They're very, yeah. very like they they did that to make it easy to iterate on them, and that's why we saw this mid cycle refresh with the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Because it's easy. 
yeah, they just upgraded the internals and there you go. Now you've got a new console that can play better stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think PlayStation will be able to play PS4 games. And I think that's going to make it a lot easier when it launches. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I, a lot of the games that they're teasing right now are going to be cross-gen. Definitely yeah. Last of Us, I can, just like I, it was with PS3. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of have a hard time because I feel like, I don't know, Sony's kind of let me down in the past, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure let me they down. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that's why I have an Xbox. Um, no, it's, it's definitely not the reason, but I just yeah, feel like right. there's things that Sony has just done to let some of us down in the past mm-hmm. with, you know, um, I don't know. There's just like things that I, you know, I can look yeah, you, back yeah. on. You don't have to necessarily name it, but I, you know, yeah, I understand yeah. the feeling. I mean, oh, yeah, you're you trying know to what some out. of those things we, we've are. all been burned by Sony for sure. I mean, PS3 <laughs> era was was notoriously cocky sony that's when they they were thought they were riding high off the playstation 2 and how mm-hmm. well that console did and they jumped into that generation and just got smoked by microsoft and then microsoft got humbled and now we're seeing the exact opposite it's just the top of the yeah, yeah it, it happens every generation there's always right. a new person on top um which leads me to believe that next generation is going to be a huge shakeup, especially bringing in these new streaming formats. So you've got right. Google coming into play now. You've got, of course, Xbox and Microsoft working with um, Azure, their cloud infrastructure to make these games accessible anywhere and being able mm-hmm. to play Halo on your phone while you're taking a dump. Like that's a real future <laughs> that we're heading. <laughs> it's a real future that we're heading towards. Oh and, and I don't think Sony has. <laughs> no, it's a real dump thing. gaming. It's I like dump that. gaming, dude. I mean, you can already that's do that with Fortnite. Actual, it's not. That's gonna be like an actual thing. <laughs> Bro, you just scared Bro, me so bad. I just squeezed one out. Gaming? Yeah, dude. Imagine playing a scary game on the toilet. Just <laughs> oh shit. Just so such good BMs, you know. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think next generation is gonna be uh, an, a really interesting shakeup, and and I think we could see Google actually come into the play now with uh if if streaming does take off because google has such a huge infrastructure too so they might be this like new newcomer to the gaming market that comes out of nowhere they'd Um, be the ones that i would expect to if i can name like a company yeah Yeah. they're just trying to get their hands on everything the best one oh of course yeah so i I, next gen is going to be interesting it's going to be a shake-up i don't expect sony to be on top again just because there's so much competition which is good we don't want the same person to be dominating forever uh, I don't feel like doesn't... I don't feel like either of them will be necessarily high rise. You know what I mean? Maybe Nintendo comes back on top, boys. It'd Let's be go. interesting. It'd be, Dude, yeah. it'd be great. Or I feel like everybody we'll will be at a, a really good spot, and it's I really going to so. be. That's what I'm kind of hoping. Yeah, is yeah. That everyone's going to be on this kind of high rise. Everyone's yeah. kind of been through that humble state, and everyone's just trying to do what's mm-hmm. the best thing for everybody, and everybody yeah. will just. It could be just a great generation. I feel like of, I from so. Nintendo to Xbox to Sony, like everyone right now is in such an a such a really good place, like a good like mm-hmm. building spot. Like every like, yeah, everyone's yeah. doing. I can look That's at why I say that. Let's say those three platforms and say, oh my gosh, they're all doing something. That's really that's making really me excited for the future. Right now. Mm-hmm. Like I want yeah. all three systems because they're all doing that. something really great right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first gen that I have not gotten an Xbox. Like I I generally have every console Mm -hmm. at like all three every time. And this is the first time that I haven't done that. Uh, Just not that I 
haven't thought about it. I've considered it numerous times. Even this year, again, every time Black Friday rolls around, there's always like a 199 Xbox One S deal with a game or whatever. I just want it for Game Pass because Game Pass, I think, is a phenomenal yeah, game, service. Yeah, Game yeah. Pass is like that's incredible. that's revolutionary, and I think they're yep. doing such good work with Game Pass. And um, they just had their uh, XO18 conference uh, last weekend, and they announced a you know a number of other games that'll be coming to mm-hmm. Game Pass next year and this year. So. They're doing a like wonderful that's when job. They started uh, moving yeah. forward. I feel like oh, for yeah. everybody. That's what oh, I was like, wow, okay. Xbox has wanted for a long time and their customers didn't at the beginning. Yeah. I don't remember if you guys remember that, but this is like basically where Xbox has wanted to take its customers, mm-hmm. but they've been resilient to it. And so it's great that it's kind of going for full circle and they're finally getting to where they want to be. So yeah. I feel like Xbox or Microsoft, let's say, has um a lot of uh, has a really huge drive and a vision for where it wants to take its customers sure but i feel like the customers aren't ready for it oh yeah i'm and that that famously happens with a number of different technologies there's always an an early person of the market and people i mean sony was most recently with the vita they were way ahead in the market there with a a product that was i know dude really really a phenomenal piece of hardware And it would have killed if it came out during the Mm -hmm. PS4 era. But they released it at this weird point at the end of the PS3 life cycle, but like right before the PS4. And I have a Vita and I bought it right when it came out and I was hyped as hell. And the games were fantastic. The hardware's great. Uh, The screen was beautiful. It's an the original one, at least, is an OLED display. So it was like cutting edge tech for that time. And then they just dropped support on it. And it's like... That, that was just kind of the most recent example that I can think of somebody that had a vision that was a fantastic vision, but they were yeah. just kind of ahead of the, the market. And that that even had a, a 3G model too, which laughably 3G wouldn't really be able to do very much these days. But I yeah. mean, they were they were already considering then, having a, 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 um, basically a cell phone uh, antenna in there to allow you mm-hmm. to play games on the go and download games on the go and shit. So yeah, that's uh, they, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like with everything else. It's like you have the right idea, but you also have to put it out the right moment. Yeah, exactly. It's all timing. And and who knows? We might see there's always been speculation that there's going to be a Vita 2, but who knows? Yeah, we we never know. Uh, Well, let's move forward with some some of the uh, smaller bits of news this week. Just some some quick ones I want to hit on Uh, the hit PC slash Xbox one game player unknowns. Battlegrounds is coming to PlayStation 4 on December 7th and can be pre-ordered now. Marvel's Spider-Man on PS4 is receiving its second piece of DLC this week titled Turf Wars. This will be releasing on November 20th and include a new side story that builds on the first set of DLC and includes three new Spidey suits. And this comes on the heels of the devastating news that the legendary comic book writer and editor Stan Lee, who co-created Spider-Man, passed away earlier this week, completely tore the internet apart. Definitely felt like losing a grandparent to many. Um, Adrian, I know you had some nice things to say about Stan. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in terms of my my life, uh, a huge part of it, like just like how we're talking about gaming, gaming is obviously a huge part of my life. But another huge part of it was always comic books. And that's just because it got me through a lot of harder times, especially as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, There was just something that I could run to. And it was cool because it wasn't necessarily just like a distraction in life. It honestly taught me a lot because most of what I read was Marvel comics and uh, Mm. a lot of them are Marvel's a little bit more known to have more humanized characters. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's not so much yeah. like I'm a god and I can destroy the earth with one punch. It's yeah. always more of I have these interesting abilities, but the, like the weight of life is still pushing me down and I'm trying to figure out how to live every day and then also be a good person and try to fight like the injustice that's around me. That's why I've mm-hmm. always loved X-Men is a perfect example of that. Yeah, of yeah. course. Of course. Spy- even even like Spider-Man. Spider-Man's mm-hmm. a great example. He's like he's just a kid in most of the mm-hmm. comics. He's just trying to figure out life still. And then he's also trying to hold this other extraordinary weight on his shoulders, feeling obligated to do good, even though mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily have to. And all this crazy stuff. Like when you when you have those types of things where you're struggling about what this girl feels about you and how you feel about her or you don't like you're struggling to like get your homework done and then you're also trying to like stop a robbery like that's that's insane right you don't really you don't think about that stuff and how much it could really impact you yeah until until that really comes like face to face with you reading it and you kind of applying that to your life or applying Mm -hmm. your life to that if you will um and a lot of that i really think came from stanley because You know what I mean? Like when I didn't read a lot of the stories that he may have, you know, made uh, growing up because mm-hmm. I obviously just I am I grew up a lot later in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did a lot of studying more as I got older. And I, I used to be like really fun to me just to like watch videos of him explaining like the concept, like him and Jack Kirby of making all these different characters and what it meant. Right. Or like talking about characters they already have and what they try to do with them and all the reasons of why they are the way they are. And I feel like he was like the catalyst for that him and Kirby in terms of what they did. They, they showed that these aren't just like stories, right? They're not just like fun little distractions to get you away. They can actually be a a source to, to make this world better in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the whole point is that we're all superheroes where we can all, obligate to do just good in life and to fight like all the crazy social injustices that are in this world every single day so Mm -hmm. growing up like marvel's always been really close uh for me to my heart Uh, i love dc too i'm just saying if i had to choose one Mm -hmm. uh, marvel's definitely the one that i've connected with throughout my life and so like you hear about celebrity passings right like people always get affected by it. I remember when Paul Walker passed, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty messed up. Um, yeah. I feel like all of us like felt it, but is the difference between like, man, that really stinks. And then like, wow, that person made a huge impact on my life. That is like heartbreaking to know that. Yeah. That that's passed. Robin Williams for me. Yeah. So I was going to bring that up. I was going to yeah. say the, the <laughs> only time I've never really been affected yeah. by like somebody's passing, like obviously like I care and, you know, thoughts and prayers, like, uh, of course, uh, you, you, you bring your heart out to them, but I've never really had any real celebrity like affect me like that. And the only one I could say besides Stanley would be Robin Williams. That one was like, wow, for me and my mm-hmm. whole family, that was like, oh, that, that was rough to, yeah. to find out. Um, and then now uh, this one, Stan Lee, personally, that was huge because I've known like we, he's he's older, you know, it's not 95. like anything was necessarily yeah. wrong. Yeah, he was yeah. like, trying, he, he almost broke the immortal code, dude yeah uh, he uh like it wasn't like anything surprising essentially mm-hmm. we yeah. all kind of knew eventually it was going to come but sure it's it's one thing to to think that you know what i mean just like you said you said it perfectly with like the grandparents mm-hmm. like you know that day is gonna gonna come eventually and and mm-hmm. uh but you don't you don't truly know until it happens 
Mm-hmm. And that one totally yeah. hit me way harder than I ever expected it to. Yeah. Um, and that's what kind of caused me to like write this crazy message on like social media. Just like how much it really meant to me. Cause I don't really, I never have had anything like that hit me that hard where it's like, mm-hmm. man, this dude, I owe, I owe so much to this dude in terms of what he is bring or at least what he started, you know what I yeah. mean? Because so much came from yeah. him and you know since then in 19 uh, i think it was 1961 when they him and jack kirby started all that and yeah it's, it's just so nuts to think of one man's idea turned into one of the biggest things in entertainment history ever and will always mm-hmm. be right oh, yeah. so yeah it is crazy and then just like you said it broke the internet dude normally yeah. you hear like you know rest in peace from everybody but this has been days now and i still oh, yeah. see post everywhere like you yeah. can't not see it you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy yeah it really is one thing after another mm-hmm. it's great though you know what i mean it, it's yeah it's, in a good it's way amazing like, yeah great that his work is being recognized and mm-hmm. it always has but yeah of it's course even bringing people who like this is bringing um his name to people to people who didn't even know him before yeah mm-hmm. yeah and You're like that's the dude that created spider-man like that's crazy like shine you mm-hmm. know and, mm-hmm. and i think that that's what's incredible yeah he definitely is gonna leave behind a a very uh amazing legacy what's mm-hmm. cool is that he uh he did film his cameo for infinite you know the sequel to infinity war yeah so i feel like that's gonna be an epic moment dude. And oh, what's gonna, everyone's oh, everyone's gonna dude, be like, and, at, and at the sobbing, end when it says like like in, in loving memory for, yeah, yeah dude that's gonna just wreck everyone it's gonna have like oh that the gosh. the avengers theme because you know the avengers oh, theme like geez. it's so iconic and everybody yeah. loves that song and yeah. it's just gonna be like dun, no dun. Gonna dude be like, away. everyone's gonna be like oh, uh, like raising their fists you know what i mean yeah oh man rest like in peace in there. yeah well, uh, the last bit of news is that Black Friday deals uh, are right around the corner. Many of them posted online. Some are available now. Um, some really crazy stuff this year, including a one terabyte PS4 bundle with Spider-Man for one ninety nine. Eric amazing. Manning, get on that. That is yeah, a, right. This is deal. my time. That yeah, is so it, crazy. If if you're out there and you don't have a PS4, this is uh, you owe it to yourself to get that. That's uh, one of the best games of this year that's effectively free and also much cheaper than the console normally is. So um, there's also a Mario Kart 8 Switch bundle at Target for $2.99, which includes the system as well as a digital download of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And there's a number of other Switch bundles out there as well. Uh, This one, you just get a free game, which is wonderful. So and just like every year, there's games, controllers, um, digital currency cards on sale. So make sure to check around. And without further ado, yes, I'm I'm definitely gonna be doing some shopping this year. Will <laughs> I get an Xbox One? Probably not. Do I want to get one? Yeah, but we'll see. I don't you know, know. I'm starting a. I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys, but I'm starting a, a GoFundMe account uh, for my uh, one terabyte PS4 bundle with Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, you can all you friends can text me, uh, <laughs> Apple Pay, Cash me, and Merry Christmas. Sweet Let's do it dude. all. <laughs> putting some money for Eric. Uh, without further ado, let's jump into the biggest news of the week, which also happens to be our feature discussion for the show, and that is that the Game Awards nominees have been announced. So for those unfamiliar, the Game Awards is the closest thing in the industry to a formal show like the Oscars or the Grammy Awards, where game developers are recognized for their outstanding achievements. 
Uh, the Game Awards began in 2014 and have grown exponentially each year. The last year seeing over 11 million people tune in live to the show. That's, mm. it, that's a lot of people. I love least, it because the the medium for like gaming is becoming so big now. Everybody can see it's it. It's massive, dude. I and this year it. they are going to be on so many different platforms. So um, th- this is definitely going to be the biggest year yet for the Game Awards. I'm They'll happy the world can see it more. Yeah, me too, man. I uh, know. So if you want to tune in, it's going to be streaming live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and a number of other websites and outlets. The show will begin on December 6th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, hosted by the creator and media entrepreneur himself, Mr. Jeff Keighley. And earlier this week, the nominees were revealed for many different categories, including Game of the Year. Uh, I've handpicked some of the categories that I found interesting and I'd like to discuss them with you guys to get your overall thoughts, and then we can place our bets on who we think the winners of these categories will be. Nice. So let's kick it off with the category of best ongoing game, which is described as being awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. The nominees for this category are Destiny 2 Forsaken, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Overwatch, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. What do you guys think about this set of games? Man. Mm, Eric, you go first. We're going to keep that theme going. Yeah, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so there's definitely some good numbers here. So I've played Destiny. I played Fortnite. Yeah. I played mm-hmm. No Man's Sky. I played Overwatch. I played Tom Clancy. So in my opinion, I mean, I'm just looking at these. Fortnite's just been crazy, crazy, crazy epic yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, just with uh, everyone is playing it. Everyone yeah. and their mother is playing it. Mm-hmm. It's like when Pokemon Go came out on the iPhone. Like yeah. literally everybody is playing it. It was a phenomenon. Game. It's it's a cultural phenomenon that's crazy. That's like gotten to the entire world. Right. So yeah. I, f- I feel like that's what I want my answer to be. Mm-hmm. um no man's sky i feel like that would be like the last choice yeah, and i agree they, it, it that, was a good game i mm-hmm. played it i mm-hmm. feel like for certain people yes it's an amazing game but i don't feel like it's it fits this category it doesn't um, it seems kind of like the odd man out just because it's a it's a it's primarily a single player game they did add right. the multiplayer the next update which I jumped into and I I really like No Man's Sky and I got it at launch and didn't feel burned or whatever by uh by the developers who like overpromised this crazy experience. Mm-hmm. I I dove right into that game and like the the loop of gameplay was so satisfying even though it was like a basically a skeleton of a game. I right. uh, I I had a good time. It's just a it's a very like ephemeral experience to just jump into and, and right. definitely like, a great game. Definitely yeah. Game, but i, I don't think that, like it, it doesn't this fit this category yeah this is like these are like games as a service that's mm-hmm. that, that are ongoing um right adrian you you played destiny 2 forsaken and you were very high on that what are your thoughts uh, on this category yeah uh, i mean i there i've played every one of these extensively mm-hmm. every single one of these games except no man's sky i've easily put so many hours in um like mm-hmm. like we just talked about uh with black ops i put easily 130 40 hours in fortnite probably more in destiny i probably put like 180 to yeah. some hours in destiny Dang. if we're counting if we're counting both destinies not just destiny 2 yeah uh, okay. uh i've easily played at least like 100 hours of overwatch and i've played prop 
to be completely honest, my most played game on this list is actually going to be Siege. I've played Damn. easily over 200 hours of Siege. Oh Shit. my gosh. For yeah. like it for like a year straight, that's all I played. Uh yeah. literally all I ever played. Uh so if we're looking at these, I would definitely say gosh, that's actually really difficult. I, <laughs> this is I a tr- tough category. <laughs> it is truly it tough, I but put I'm it going up here to uh compelling. It's truly tough because of the fact that they all with the exception of like oh, like uh, No Man's Sky, because it is weird, because it had like one really big update, and I'm yeah. assuming that's what they're counting. Well, they they've but, had they've had other updates too that are smaller. The, the the one that got the most publicity was the next update, which was like yeah, a few months back. But it they changed like a lot of stuff. Yeah, they just put out like a Terror from the Deep update too. That's like going underwater. So they're still doing stuff with that game, but I see. it doesn't have the it doesn't have the community that these other games do. Yeah. So I. All of these have had many things that are coming out, but I'm I think if we're going to say which one's the best, it would be which one's the most entertaining of those. Yeah, because these are all put put out so many add ons to the games. I would probably say Fortnite is number one for me. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. followed by Destiny, then followed by uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, The reason for that is because I. And then followed by Overwatch. (laughs) <laughs> I would truly say I was excited every time they put out something for Fortnite. That yeah. new gun, that new thing that they're doing, the new LTM, the new yeah. this, the new that. Oh, Even so if it's much. just cosmetics, they keep yeah. it so fresh. Like oh, they yeah. literally. Well, they, here's the thing: they keep the it. Time on that game. They keep it simple and yeah. fresh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's they're just adding. If they're just adding a gun. Yeah. Like that's not, it's just a gun, but right. I'm more excited to figure out how that gun is. Mm-hmm. Then I am to then I am you know what I mean like it's it's just simple and it keeps you it it keeps you going right where yeah. um, Destiny and Rainbow Six Siege are more of like expansions mm-hmm. right they're more of like these giant pieces of 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 work uh, of of art that they would push into the game which is nothing wrong with that um, it's actually honestly really exciting as well I would just say that in terms of like how excited i was for those things and how much it may have delivered definitely Fortnite. i would say i don't think i was ever truly like utterly disappointed with anything they've ever put out Um, destiny i would say the reason why i wouldn't put it number one because you're right when it first came out i was absolutely crazy about forsaken (laughs) um Mm -hmm. but i still feel like it had some issues when it comes Mm. to what they kept doing after it released yeah, uh, I still feel like when it first came out, the end game of Forsaken was still really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the raid came out, it was like a lot more mixed than I was expecting it to. It was actually extremely hard. I don't know why. If it was just for me, I felt like it was really difficult to get on the same page with people as opposed yeah, to like agree. it was raid. pretty hard. Yeah, I think it, I honestly think it was. And on top of that, uh, I think with Siege, um, I think the reasoning for that being third is because I. I've purchased almost all the stuff, like all the characters that they come out with and everything. And I really wouldn't say every time that I got something or tried out this new thing, I would say that I was like, oh, over the moon, you know, for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like there were certain things that I love. There's certain operators that I love. There's also a few things that they came out with that I feel like made the experience a lot harder in a sense, like a few new characters that came out. Yeah. Um, where people just abuse the heck out of like two specific ones that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's more of like, we got to fix that first before I can really start enjoying it. 
Like it's yeah. it's I'm nitpicking honestly, but realistically, if we're talking about what's the best, like that comes into play. Yeah, that's that it's important. So I I I have to go with Fortnite as well. I think Epic has done not only just an outstanding job supporting this game. Keep in mind, this is a free to play game. So it's free to play. Like yeah, these, that's that. they're they're revolutionizing the free to play gaming market, in my opinion, yeah. uh, and the gaming market as a whole. I mean, this game has taken the world by storm uh it's yeah. it's everybody knows fortnite people are doing the damn fortnite dances everywhere you look it's it's oh like the gosh. cringiest it's like thing a cultural ever. phenomenon it, it absolutely is i mean the fact that like my parents know this game is like you know it's reached the cultural like threshold when when our parents are like hey you play that fortnite game yes i play, <laughs> I play that fortnite game no i'm not gonna do the dances um <laughs> No, I I, I, I just physically can't. Yeah, no, I can't either, and it's it, <laughs> my body doesn't let me. Yeah, I it's I ugh, I'm not a fan of those, but uh, they they're doing such a good job, and the the fact that they're able to deliver these updates every single week and put new compelling content, even if it is something yeah. as simple as a gun or these LTMs. But mm-hmm. look at these look at these crossovers they've had earlier this year with um, Thanos coming in there. Uh, that was huge. Like, that was a big deal. That dude. came out of like nowhere. Like what what other game is going to be able to cross with the biggest? To put a Marvel. Before they, then, yeah. like before right. Spider-Man, we had no Marvel like anything no. in terms of gaming. To, and to, so to throw something like Thanos in. Yeah. And it was crazy. A, it was a free mode that everybody could play. So it's not like you had to pay for that. That was yeah, just like, hey, here. here we go. We paid all this money to get this crazy crossover. Like just so you guys can have fun and play. And like just recently with the the NFL jerseys, which they already pulled, but that's a huge thing right there. I'm sure that didn't cost, you know, uh, a, a pretty penny for them. So um, they're, they're just doing such a good job of keeping the game relevant. And the fact that they're doing it uh, with these season long narratives too, is just like so compelling. Cause you have basically like a story arc each season. And it's something that's happening from, you know, look all the way back to Fortnite season. Uh, what was it? Three with the the meteor. Like we had no idea what was happening in the game at that point. Oh, yeah, We're like, that was crazy. What, what is this meteor thing? And all of a sudden everyone's in game and they see this this rocket take off and the sky's cracking. And all of a sudden this game that we thought was just the simple battle royale started evolving into this uh, this insane narrative of of superheroes and uh, people from other planets coming in. And mm-hmm. then the map started changing and. Uh, I, I, I've taken a break here and there uh, over the last couple of seasons. I'll jump in from time to time and play not as much as I was playing during season three and, and two, but um, it's crazy to go back and see how different the map is like the Everything's yeah, changing. It, mm-hmm. So I, I think hands down, right. this category is going to Fortnite. Yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's last, really, I mean, one last thing from my point, I'll say mm-hmm. about Fortnite. What I think is super cool is I feel like if you play enough, you only have to really buy the battle pass once. Oh yeah, exactly. it, that's you know? like the most exactly. brilliant thing that it's, they could ever invent was the battle pass. And like, it's exactly. so smart. Like, yeah. so I'll tell you guys a story. So like, my little brother, he's in college now, and there's no way that the way that as much as he's studying and everything right now, he's not working that much. Like, he can't afford to be buying the battle pass every season to play. Right, yeah, but it is also the type of punny, type of person who likes to hold on to his money and and be cautious and careful with it, of sure. course, yeah. which is smart of him. Um, but so for something like him, the um, the idea of being able to just 
again, buy the battle pass one time to be able to play through, save up every now and then, get himself an extra skin or something that he wants, but again, still have enough to buy the battle pass again when the next season comes out. Like, that's so genius. That's so smart. It, it really the is. only ones doing something like this, and it's freaking incredible. It's well, so and, cool. and you've seen so many other companies trying to emulate the battle pass. Um, right. Even in Call and of Duty, failing. they have like, yeah, and fail just because it looks like a stupid cash grab. In right. uh, in PUBG, they implemented like a season type thing there with a little battle so pass. Dumb. And again, you're you're it's a hard pill to swallow to ask somebody to hand over forty dollars for a game or sixty dollars for Black Ops, and mm-hmm. then say, "Hey, um, we're gonna nickel and dime you on these on these little microtransactions." Epic's like, I mean, whether or not you buy the battle pass. You you get so much stuff for it, and and like you said, if you pl- as long as you play enough, you're gonna get that money back, which yeah. is just technically crazy. still is even like a very very like skeleton of a battle pass. Even if you don't buy the actual one, you still yeah, get they it, like, still give you free money. shit, which is cool. Exactly. Even if um, you don't play, even if you don't pay for it, and you play enough, eventually you'll be able to get up the bucks to buy the battle pass. Yeah, like, I had to. I had to back away from Fortnite because I was spending too much money on cosmetics and it's something that I never <laughs> I never give a shit about cosmetics in games just because I thought really what's you, the point like right. you know uh like I think when I was playing Dota I was like you know what is like what's the point of buying all this like cosmetic shit and people are like oh it's it's you know express yourself it's cool and I'm like <laughs> I just I don't get it personally especially for a free game why am I gonna pay for this free game I probably spent more money on Fortnite and Hearthstone than I've spent Dude. on anything else, uh, <laughs> in, like gaming wise, which is just kind of disgusting to me. But oh, it's funny. they put out a good product. So it's it's I'm happy to support smart. it's it's. Yeah. So I think without a doubt, that category is definitely going to Fortnite. Uh, the next fair. category that I want to chat about is best art direction, which is described as uh, being for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. The nominees for this one are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, God of War, Octopath Traveler, Red Dead Redemption 2, and Return of the Obra Dinn. What do you guys think about this one? Another very crowded category. All right, this one's first. hard. Yeah. This one's definitely hard. I didn't, I okay. didn't pick any easy ones, guys. No, because <laughs> you... Uh, There's like 20 plus categories for this show, and I, I Eric, just... you want me to go? You go, you go, because I'm so mad about this category because it's so freaking hard to decide. So, Adrian, just go. (laughs) I have an easier way of me simplifying my answer for this. Uh, I've only have you played Octopath real quick, though. So, no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have at least watched like, yeah, he's seen he's seen at least watched like two to three hours. Yeah, I'll allow um, I'll allow this then. I'm just of of Matt playing (laughs) during lunch or like there was another time too. It's like, but I've seen him play enough to I can, and I've asked him enough questions. I feel that I can gain an Mm -hmm. understanding of where I'm going to go here from here. Yeah. Um, I'm truly just going to pick God of War because Mm -hmm. it is the only one that I've truly sunk the time into. Yeah. Um, But even then, because I've watched all these games, right. With the exception of uh, return of, Vorberdin, but even then, I just I got to see a little bit of it before we started. This. Yeah, um, I think Red Dead is very gorgeous, but mm-hmm. I the thing is, this isn't like when it says best art direction. It's not just saying like 
for what it looks like. It's saying it's creative and technical achievements. Like when I think right. of creative, I think of like not only how gorgeous does it look, but like what you're able to see and do as well. Like certain things that would stand out as opposed to just like standard, like I see a tree and it's right. good looking. Right. right? And so right. Uh, sure. I would definitely say mm -hmm. God of War is first and Octopath is second because what I did see in Octopath was absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the probably the best looking game I've seen in that style. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, sure you guys are about to about to <laughs> off on that. I know you are, but but I can at least say like with 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 Odyssey, like I watched a lot of one of my favorite YouTubers play through it, and it's it seems great. There's nothing wrong with it. I just feel yeah, like it's, it's a not... safe game. It doesn't it doesn't exactly. take any risks. When I think it's, of it's creative, a... I think of taking risk, right? Yeah, so yeah, and yeah. the reason why I still would at I would still have a healthy argument against or for God of War because that like God of War is not just gorgeous. Dude. Right, it does. It does a few things that I've never, I've never truly sat back and went, "My God, that is so gorgeous!" Like I'm blown away right now. Right, so yeah. like the second realm that you go to in the game, not trying, I'm not spoiling really anything. Yeah. You go into like this, um, this elf kingdom, and I cannot tell you how like amazed I was Dude. when you yes. when you first. Because you go there and it just seems like one thing, right? That's the yeah. point. You go there and it's kind of mysterious, but it's beautiful. And you're like, yeah. what is this? Like, I don't know where I'm going. And then you find a way to basically go into the kingdom, if you will. And it opens up. Like, it, it's my so mouth cool. was like, my jaw was dropped. That you know whole, what I'm talking about? When the water splits? Dude. Bro. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I genuinely yeah. was like in shock because of how amazed like it was and right yeah. i'm looking at it i'm like oh my gosh i'm about to head into this thing this is great and then going through it right going doing some of the things that you do some of the yeah. boss fights like some of it was so genuinely like just incredible and i felt like they were taking so many risks on certain points uh port portions of the game my gosh yeah uh like going through the mountain like other stuff they try to they try to do things differently and constantly keep you like on your toes about what you're about to like go through. Um, I just, I, I definitely think God of War for me is the one. Um, for All sure. right, Eric, what about you? All right. <laughs> Here's where I've come to while ignoring Adrian while he spoke. Just kidding. <laughs> just yeah, I mean, kidding. Just kidding. No, I, I gotta say God of War. I will agree. Definitely a beautiful game. I would not say that I personally feel like it's the winner. Um, I mean, I just look at like best art direction. You know, like we look at art and art is really like your expression or like application of human creativity and imagination and like literally using your imagination to explore and create something new. Mm hmm. And that's what I feel like Octopath did for us, really. Like, I'm looking at this list, and I was like, man, God of War, yes, absolutely agree. Beautiful mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed, holy crap, yes. Mm -hmm. Revolutionary, like, really amazing game. Red Dead Redemption 2, going through it right now, freaking beautiful. And the detail that they went into this game. Yeah. Horse balls. Like, I'm saying it's a gorgeous game. It's yeah, beautiful. but that, but that, like the the I detail like is like not aspect. art direction. 
Yeah. That's what I mean. And that's yeah, what I yeah. mean for me is like, it's not, I felt like they went, I feel like those three personally, mm-hmm. those three went into so much detail yeah. into their architecture <laughs> that they forgot about the artistic style. And that's why my choice is Octopath because mm-hmm. it's different. It's new. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like retro new. You know what I mean? It yeah. is re- like bringing, yeah, it's it's bringing like the old back but fresh. Style, but they're yeah. u- literally like bringing this creative skill and imagination to a game that we're not really seeing right now. And I just feel like it's so, well, I shouldn't say we're not really seeing it right now because obviously we are, but I just think that they're, they brought a different side to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just, it, I don't know. It just, I think the point of what you're trying to say is that beautiful game, many mm-hmm. independent games yeah, have like done I, very similar artistic styles. But what you're saying is this one shows like, the absolute best of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. Look at so if you look at the the way that they did the art for the characters on the box of Octopath. Yeah. Way different art than they used in the actual game. Mm-hmm. They're like watercolor so they, paintings and yeah, and they look <laughs> like like these real life characters. Whereas you play in the game, it's more of like an eight bit style game. So they had it within them to do a real lifestyle game, I feel like, but they chose to go with something they were truly passionate about and something that they felt like they're, or they felt the direction of, right? They wanted a specific direction for this game. And regardless Mm -hmm. of what they could actually do with this game, they chose the direction that they did. And I felt like, I feel like they did an incredible job with it. Yeah. spent more game or more time on that game than I have in a really long time. I put in over 93 hours into that game. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of time. That's, man. that's some RPG hours right there. My yeah, dude, mind. that's, I, I, uh, I have to agree with Eric. Uh, my vote definitely goes to Octopath Traveler as well. Uh, well, I think each of these games are beautiful in their own respect. Right. Um, Square Enix did something really special with octopath traveler um they they created what they call an hd 2d art style um it's effectively a reimagining of a 32-bit era pixel art complete with depth and real-time lighting and it creates this beautiful pop-up diorama look and it's something i've never experienced in gaming before Um, they hit it out of the park with that game and the art is just the beginning these other games that are in this list are they're gonna win their awards god of war is gonna win uh, Red Dead's going to take some awards home. Assassin's Creed's probably going to win something too. Uh-huh. Who knows? But this is the category that I think goes to Octopath and not just because it isn't going to be uh, really competing in other areas. They truly did something special here and yeah. uh, and and something that I don't, I don't see anybody else emulating uh, anytime soon. But mm-hmm. I think it lent such a... Um, it, it it lent such a different light to this game no pun intended yeah. with with the beautiful lighting <laughs> oh but, yes, too. but it, no but it, it really i i truly don't think this game would have been as special if it didn't if it was just simply if it, pixel art. To go if it was yeah. just pixel art i mean because the story yeah it was okay it was good it was an interesting approach to have the eight characters mm-hmm. um but you know the writing was was decent the music was good uh but the art really push this into a different category and i really yeah. think that um i mean i probably would have played it if it didn't have that just because i 
I believe yeah. in Square Enix and I know the type of games that they make and I love yeah. the Final Fantasy franchise and this was a very very much a callback to those Super Nintendo era Final Fantasy games and and mm-hmm. they really nailed it with the gameplay but the the graphics I mean let's be yeah. honest that's that's what brought everybody to this game and and really uh that's what drew my interest in initially when mm-hmm. when this was shown off during Nintendo Directs I was like eh you know what is this project Octopath Traveler thing that sounds silly and then I saw the artwork and I was like, okay, you've got my attention. Let's talk. Yeah. So, dude, I mean, Matt, remember you and I were talking this game and you're like, dude, I'm totally playing this game. You should check it out. Yeah. But explaining it to me and then you just showed me and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I need this it's game. Beautiful, dude. It's a beautiful like, literally game. You showed it to me. You were like, look at how beautiful this game is. <laughs> Listen to the music that's playing in the background. Yeah. Like Good so music. They got Matt. nominated for music as well. What's up? Real quick, before we move on to the next one, just because I know none of us really made an argument for Cobra Din. Yeah. Um, one person... <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. I, I yeah, feel like yeah. I, have a good, uh, I have a good kind of approach for it. Uh, since you're the only one that I really know, like of us three, that really likes this game and, and um, you know, has an overall like feel for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I've been looking at this game like since we started talking about it a little yeah. bit. And it very much is not a normal no game it's very different too so if you very unique if you saw this because if because this is unique in the same sense that um the octopath is a bit unique itself Mm -hmm. what would you argue that is different between these two well to to be fair i have not played return of the oberdin um and to be completely honest before i saw this list of the nominees i hadn't even heard of return of the oberdin yeah. Uh, which I'll, I do have something uh, later in the show about that. But it, long story short, um, this is the same developer that did Papers, Please a few years back, which was one of my favorite indie games of 2013 or whenever it came out. Um, same guy did this game. So with that yeah. alone is something that is going to compel me to play this. But the reason that I haven't seen this game is because it's a Steam game. So I don't play too much uh, uh, on my <laughs> PC um if this game makes it over to switch at some point which it may if it moves to ios which it may uh, i might pick it up on one of those platforms but um i i don't have enough to say about the actual game itself looking at screenshots and video it looks it looks very unique it's kind of like this um it looks like a hand yeah it's like black and white gray like kind of rough sketch looking um kind of reminds me of drawn to death a little bit on ps4 which was kind of like a comic book or like drawings come to life type of thing. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm certain the game's probably going to be amazing. So uh, something I'm going to check out. That being said, I think Octopath still takes it to another level just in terms of the color and um, mm-hmm. the, the, the lighting. And it's, yeah. it's a much more True. sophisticated looking game than Return of the Oberdin, which is unique, but I don't think it's it really would... just kind of one look. And art yeah. just isn't like a visual aspect, in my opinion. Art also has to consist of the music that's being Yeah, um, it's a whole played. package. No, like, yeah, the a, whole, the I layers, guess it's not even just that. Go into it. But like it's audio great. has a huge piece in that, and mm-hmm. Octopath killed it with not only their visual presentation, but their audio presentation with the different mm-hmm. music that you mm-hmm. go through during um, as you're transitioning into different areas yeah like, real uh, quick yeah. real quick how mm-hmm. eric you or not eric matt you have to admit though like when you when you throw your axe in god of war when you throw the leviathan and you pull it back 
dude. Is it, is it not it's, the most? It's it's the most satisfying thing. But this, crunch this you've ever heard. This, in the, this like, isn't the category for most satisfying. No, I know. Elements of a game. <laughs> no, no, no. Otherwise, I, I would yeah. be voting the, the the Leviathan Axe. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. <laughs> it, it really, it's not really an argument like to push the. Yeah, like, no, the I, know, I know. It was really because Eric was talking about that, and it just made me think like, yeah. oh, I just realized like how I remember how like ridiculously satisfying that. Oh freaking yeah. Pulled out. I, I, <laughs> as 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 you were talking about the game, I was like, Jesus, dude, I need to go back and play this game again because it is so good uh, well let's move forward to the next category um as we move closer to game of the year so the next category that i found interesting was best performance which is described as being awarded to an individual for voiceover acting motion and or performance capture the nominees for this one are brian deckart as connor uh in detroit become human christopher judge as kratos and god of war uh melissa mahout as Cassandra in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2, and Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Parker in Marvel Spider-Man. What do you guys think about this one? I go with Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. Why? Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't know actors well enough in order to give like a solid stance on them. Yeah. But I, I'm going just more so based off of what I've the games that I've played through. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, do you um, like Arthur as a whole? Like him as a character? Yeah, I do. Definitely. Um, he's, I mean, he's hard to get used to cause I've, you know, at the beginning I didn't know if he was supposed to be good or bad, but you're mm-hmm. kind of both. Yeah. Um, and Lawless. so kind of like acum- acclimating to that while I'm playing through the game, I do really like him. But if it's best performance, I'm really supposed to be rating the actors. Yeah. And for that, I do really liked, like, Spider-Man was great. I thought that the voiceover was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, God of War, again, really good. Assassin's Creed, really good. Like, I don't have any com- complaints. But maybe I'm really just choosing Red Dead because it's the one that's the most fresh in my mind. Yeah. yeah. But... um. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was really good. I think I think he's he does good. Uh, this was a category that I tossed around to and um, Roger Clark uh, as Arthur Morgan definitely crossed my mind a few times. And I thought to myself, is this a is this a character that's believable? Absolutely. Is this a guy who, uh, you know, does a good job with the accent? Yeah, he's doing a great job. I think he, mm-hmm. he does. I all of th- this list is tough. Realistically, for me. I think they're all great. Yeah, oh, yeah, this this is this is an outstanding early. list right here. Um, again, the only game I haven't played yet this year of this list is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. However, I've seen a lot of the the you know gameplay footage of the uh, uh, playthroughs and and such of Cassandra, and yeah, she's a fantastic voice actress. Um, but if I were to make my put my stamp of approval on who I thought the best one was. Uh, I would ask Adrian first who his was. Before I go to <laughs> Adrian, who do you who, who do you pick on this of list? Course. So I uh, <laughs> the only one I haven't watched performance uh, capture for. Oh, I guess two actually. I didn't think about that. So um, I'm definitely counting the performance capture because I feel like that's a huge part in bringing yeah. a character to life, right? Obviously, oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I've watched like a lot of of um connor yeah kratos mm-hmm. and uh, i've seen a, a little bit of of peter but enough 
I would say. Uh, and I thought all three of them were fantastic in what they do. It's like so cool to watch them like in their art. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. their element. Yeah. So uh, based off of that, though, I definitely would say um, it's it's like a real close one between Yuri and uh, between Yuri and Christopher Judge. Uh, yeah. I th- I want to say. I want to say Peter is probably going to, or Yuri is probably going to be my number one. Yeah. Um, and the reason, and it's, it's actually funny enough because I said performance uh, so much. I yeah. actually think he takes the cake because his voice tips a little bit higher. I yeah. think than what Christopher <laughs> does. And the reason being is because, and it, and you have to look at it from a different perspective, right? Christopher judge. Uh, I think his performance, like his poor, his doing a, when he's doing the performance capture and his, his voice, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's really good, but he's also naturally a more silent character. Yeah. That's what I thought about too. He talks and he, he he does talk and he's, he's very vocal uh, besides saying boy 50 million times. He uh, is very vocal, but I don't think as nearly as much as Peter. Um, Yeah. Because Yuri is for Peter. So for Christopher, you hear, you do hear a lot of emotion though. That's what I loved about Mm -hmm. his character is that, as opposed to the previous God of War games, which I always liked that voice actor. Nothing wrong against him. I thought he was great. Um, I just felt like there was many moments in the story where you you kind of hear like the pain in his voice. And it was like so mm-hmm. like sad, but so good at the same time. But mm-hmm. the, the only thing is, I would say that Yuri brings something that's a little bit more fresh because... Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because there's a standard to playing Spider-Man. You know, even if it's just your voice. Yeah. Like you're talking about he's one of the most iconic superheroes or characters just in general in history yeah. right mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot to say that i'm gonna voice this character or uh do performance capture or act this character it's a lot and i right. think and and we've talked about this in our pre, in like the previous podcast that we made for spider-man but i think yeah. yuri is literally the most defining version of peter parker in entertainment that i've ever seen like he's easily my favorite yeah peter parker ever yeah besides like reading what i read from the comments right yeah and and i agree with you there and that's that's my choice too i chose yuri lowenthal as spider-man uh i think he killed that performance uh, and he was the best iteration i've seen of spider-man as well uh i mean i look through uh, again i don't have as extensive history with with comics and and with marvel properties as you do adrian but i've seen all the spider-man movies you know so i know um the different the different characters that played spider-man through the years and i more than enough yeah and and i think the most recent one that we've all seen everyone kind of came to a consensus that tom holland did a fantastic job as spider-man and that was like oh man that's the that's the mark right there that you have to beat and i think in it's crazy to me that i felt that a video game character it is not even a real yeah it wasn't even a, a, a a real person in the sense of i'm seeing them act on screen you're seeing them act in this game, though, uh, just as well, if not better, than uh, an actor would be doing on screen. Which, so, like, is is also mm-hmm. in part to um, to the developers too. Like the the whole everybody made. Oh yeah, so I great, mean, but sure, yeah. the writing for Peter in the game was fantastic. I think the jokes and the characters and the banter that he had um, with the with the detective and and all of the different characters that he interacts with, uh, fantastic. I mean, the game is it's it's of course on the game of the year nominees for a reason it's a it's a wonderful experience end to end but i think that yuri really brought that character to life 
we'll in a way from like that, a nine to a 10 easily. Dude, 100%. So easily. I think, I, I think it, he was a joy to listen to. Um, the whole time I played, I was, I was intrigued by the lines. Like a lot of times that, you know, especially Even in open like world games. G, uh, yes. Like ones like he, yeah. he made it, it was good to where it was like, Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like a, Oh really? You're going to say that. It was more like, that's, that's funny. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like it's, it's cheesy, funny. but it's like, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And um, it's believable too. So I, I think he just did a good job of really coming into, uh, a role where there's such high expectations already for this character and he delivered on it and exceeded it, which is like, if that doesn't win the, this category, then I don't know what does. Um, That being said, again, all of these people did a fantastic job. Uh, I played through Detroit earlier this year and loved it. I thought narratively it was one of the best experiences. I know it got fairly mixed reviews overall as the uh, um, David Cage games typically do, but I liked it. I thought the guy who voiced Connor, Brian Decker, did a fantastic job. Uh, they did a lot of motion capture for that game. I mean, it's one of the best looking games in terms of character, facial animations. Uh, so crazy. I mean, it's it's very, very good. Uh, Christopher Judge, you you hit it right on the head. Really, um, really emotional character uh, as you play through God of War. But I, I really broke it down to, damn, I don't really remember him having these like long monologues in the game because he doesn't he's a very quiet reserved character in that sense when it comes to vocalizing other than just again yelling boy uh every so often but uh that does lead me to another category that wasn't actually uh officially listed here that we should bring up uh and that is of course boy of the year does boy of the year go to kratos as boy or does it go to arthur morgan as boy i need i need i need the hot take here which one was the better version i can't i haven't played red dead so i can't (laughs) i can't say enough but i can say that like i feel like a lot of people got annoyed by it oh yeah no the kratos one i think is it turned into a meme like 100 like people got annoyed by it after a while yeah yeah that that one's just kind of that one's around and that one's gonna be around for a while yeah, no, I, I know. I just think it's silly that we're debating these two characters' uh, voice uh, performances, and they both just had a very distinct way of saying boy. Right. <laughs> All right, well, let's move to the next category then. Um, the next one that I chose is Best Independent Game, which, of course, is described as uh, for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. And this is our indie game category. And boy, this was a year for indies. There were so many great games that came out this year uh, that didn't even make this list. But the nominees for the best independent game of 2018 are Celeste, Dead Cells, Into the Breach, Return of the Obra Dinn, and The Messenger. And I feel like this is going to be a battle between Celeste, which came out at the beginning of this year, and The Messenger, which just recently came out. Um, these seem to be the two biggest indie conversations of the year. What are your guys' thoughts on this category? I'd like to go first just because I can truly say that uh, I don't really have a good opinion here. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. It's a lot of games to play. I've only year, really so. watched uh, Celeste and Dead Cells. And even yeah. then, I've barely seen much of Celeste. I've really seen more of Dead Cells, and that's not much. Yeah. So I really can't say that I could choose one of these with it's okay. confidence. That's all right. No worries. Eric, what about you? So this is my category. You know me and my indie games. Yeah, buddy. Um, I would say that 
I mean, just right off the bat, I'm going to go with Celeste. Okay. So played most of these except for uh, Re- Return of Oberdin, mm-hmm. um, which full disclosure, today is also the first day I'm hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. I know. It's okay. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a Steam game. So, I mean, none of us primarily play on PC. So it's fair that we, we don't know that this game exists. Yeah. Um, but Celeste was just such a terrific game. Um, I know, Matt, you and I played this through together, and I'm sure you'll give mm-hmm. your opinion shortly. But um, yeah, I just thought that it was very well um, thought out. I thought that mm-hmm. there was so much detail that went into it as well that was a very um, technical and, and uh, very great as far as playthrough goes. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I just I look back at that game, and I there's so many moments playing through it that I just enjoyed so much. Mm-hmm. I would say that Celeste was probably a great start for me when it came to my indie journey through playing on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just I mean it holds dear. Every now and then, I'll even jump back on just to kind of play through little things and go through the, the mini game that's on there and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. Celeste just is I feel like it has to win this one cuz it's, it's an amazing just game. such a great game. Yeah. Uh I agree with you there. I feel personally terrible that I haven't gotten around to starting The Messenger yet. That's been a game on my list for a long time. Um uh, but I want to wait till I have some good time to focus on it um where I'm not distracted by a bunch of these other AAA games at the same time. So mm-hmm. uh I did play Celeste, I played Dead Cells and also Into the Breach extensively and uh, again as I mentioned earlier haven't heard of Return of the Oberdin prior to this um probably because it's on Steam and that's a platform that I don't frequently um visit. So with that being said, my vote is absolutely going to Celeste. Um, the metaphorical and physical journey you go on during this game as you climb towards the summit of this giant mountain is unlike anything I've played in a game. Uh, it's an amazing title that wrestles with depression and anxiety in a way that's delicately woven into this beautiful narrative with an outstanding score and tight, perf- tight platforming gameplay. Um, there's, a, there's a reason this one is also up for Game of the Year with the big boys. So Celeste is going to take this one i think um again the only one that will give it uh, a run for its money is going to be the messenger mm-hmm. uh which is uh kind of like which, a ninja, ninja gaiden hybrid metroidvania style game yeah. very which is also a really cool game yeah you know no complaints about the messenger yeah i just feel like the i don't, I don't know just the way that the uh playthrough for celeste was i feel like that one's just got the winner on this one yeah So uh, let's jump into the next category, and that is best multiplayer game, which is for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre. The nominees are Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Destiny 2 Forsaken, Fortnite, Monster Hunter World, and Sea of Thieves. What do you guys think here? All right, I'll take this one. Go for it. Sea of Thieves huge letdown i was expecting so much more damn don't judge i really me, thought everybody. you were about to say it was your i know i was like i was like i was shit, like okay wow okay don't I, judge me I wanna, everyone i want to play it honestly it looks cool but again it, i don't have an xbox so, uh, so yeah it's just honestly i was super hyped because i love pi- the, like pirate themed stuff yeah my nickname's the captain like 
I was super excited about this mm-hmm. and just playing through. I, I just, I, I can't I, just not what I expected. Um, have you gone back since the, they've added a lot of different content to it. I know they, yeah, they have added so much. I'm sure now I might enjoy it, um, just with all the things that they've added, but it's just, I feel like I've just moved on from it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many other things that are out right now that it's hard for me to even just go back to other games. Right. My but, question though to you is, and this is, this is just simply a game pass question. Cause I imagine mm-hmm. you're playing this because of game pass, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So, and, and I feel like game pass is a, again, a really fantastic revolutionary service, but the way that I would view this game is, Oh, it's not worth my time because I didn't invest a full sixty dollars into it. Uh, I'm paying ten dollars a month, and I not can jump in if I want to, and jump out if I don't want to. You know, <laughs> effectively, you can play this game over six months, and you'd be paying the same amount as if you bought it day one. If you bought it for sixty dollars, do you think that you'd have a different opinion of the game? Like you'd feel more obligated to play it, or, or not? The opposite. No, or more not. like disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I would. I would have been disappointed that I spent that money on it. Okay, that's fair. Um, don't get me wrong. There's definitely some like, there, there are like moments when you're playing and you're just like, okay, this part's cool. Okay, this is fun. Right. This is great. But it, I don't know. I, just the way that the game was presented, I guess I was just expecting more. Yeah. Okay. Um, what a- best multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm going to just have to go with my favorite one on this list, and this is Black Ops 4. Yeah. Um, that's just my favorite one. Um, yeah. Such a great game. I, If Call of Duty doesn't beat this one, I'm sure they're going to win somewhere else. But when I have my game nights every Monday night, mm-hmm. um, this is what I'm playing. It's just, it's such a great multiplayer game, and I feel like they, they... Fortnite, of course, I feel like was winning in the industry as far as um, the battle royales go, but Call of Duty mm-hmm. brought another level to that. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I just think that everyone's coming together and playing. Not only are they uh, playing uh, Blackout, but their multiplayer is just huge right now. And we talked about that earlier, right? Like, Mm-hmm. We're, I'm not even playing. I don't remember the last time I played Blackout. I've just been playing literally the multiplayer within Call of Duty because it's so much fun. Right. So for me on this list, I, I would say I'm going with Call of Duty on this one. All right. Adrian, what about you? Um, hands down, Call of Duty. Black Ops 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure, dude. I mean, honestly, like... I, it just took me by surprise on how good it was is really all it came down to. I wasn't expecting it to be this good in all reality. You know, I thought I'd be playing zombies more because that's normally my, uh, my niche essentially is that's like my big, my big favorite thing with the black ops series is there's zombies. Um, and I yeah. haven't really been into the multiplayer side of call of duty in a long time. Like the last time I was truly like, obsessed where it's all i ever wanted to do was like black ops one mm-hmm. like that's a long time ago man yeah. i played all yeah. the other black ops and all the other and all the other call of duties as well um but i just some of them i played a good amount of but i truly wouldn't say i was uh completely blown away or obsessed 
right? Mm-hmm. I felt like I was playing it because I had fun, but it just it wasn't like the best thing ever. This one, I truly kind of feel like it's the best thing ever. Yeah, um, I just think it's it's better. I think it's better than Fortnite in the fact that Fortnite is one specific thing, and even though it's different every time, right? It's still a battle royale, right? Yeah. Where Black Ops Four is not just battle royale and the battle royale that it does have is absolutely supreme dude oh it's so good yeah honestly like fortnite's the only one that competes to it on in my Mm -hmm. opinion i don't think anything else even comes close right Uh, um so with that said like blackout's amazing like i just won a game last night with austin uh yeah you know multiplayer is amazing as i talked about i already put like 50 something hours into it Mm -hmm. Uh, zombies is normally my favorite thing ever and so like and that's really good. Um, they mm-hmm. had some issues at during launch, but now they're all getting fixed, and that's really nice. So, like, all three of them are great in their own yeah. individual, like, you know, in, in their and what they do individually. All three of them are absolutely great. They're my favorites of all three <laughs> of yeah, all three yeah. categories. It's one thing to say it's really it's a great multiplayer game. It's another thing to say they have three different multiplayer. Um, modes if you will yeah. like completely different games multiplayer games made for a multiplayer mm, experience yeah yeah, experience. Right. And yeah. so like yeah. i said it's, it's one thing to to say i have good multiplayer inside and it's another thing to say i have three completely different multiplayer games and mm-hmm. all three of them are probably the best of of everyone else yeah that's insane it easily yeah. takes the cake for me oh yeah, yeah i, I mean, think they, even... they go ahead eric oh i was just gonna say i mean think about it when you look at this game, when we look at the Xbox and Sony platform over the past few years, how many games can you say have a split screen option? Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> like, it, yeah. I, I know. It's, how I, many? Did a, <laughs> I mean, less and funny less. Enough, uh, funny enough, the last Black Ops. <laughs> right? Like, there's Damn. not been... I can't, I can't tell you. I legit can't tell you. Through Microsoft and Sony, I'm going to leave Nintendo... But through Microsoft and Sony, like they haven't been giving us games that we can sit down with people in the same room and play on the same game. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just hasn't been that way. Yeah. Um, like the only game that here? comes to mind like, is a game like Mortal Kombat. You know, give somebody yeah. a controller and we'll fight. Yeah. But yeah. no other game has really given us a multiplayer experience, but not only a multiplayer experience, a multiplayer experience online. Right. You know, and you're you could literally do split screen with somebody in the same room. It's it's just incredible. Yeah. So I, I agree with you guys. Black Ops 4 has been one of the bigger surprises for me this year, just in general. I took many years off of the game personally and picked it up um, this time just solely for Blackout initially because mm-hmm. uh, I was too. intrigued by it. Uh, but I've actually also sunk in the majority of my time into the multiplayer, which is outstanding. Uh, zombie mode is really really polished uh and i feel blackout definitely has the best battle royale experience in the entire market right now uh i i personally don't mind the lack of a single player campaign this year i know that was like a a huge thing when they announced that they're pulling that but uh, i never really played the call of duty games for that anyway so i don't think um, i would have had time i would have been too busy yeah i think it would have been a negative to be completely honest yeah i mean they they added in some like there's some things where you can kind of get backstory of the different characters. So, and I right. dove into that for a second and there's like some really gorgeous cutscenes that they put together. So 
there's not like a true single player campaign, but there's like bite sized little mission type things you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I, I it took the focus uh, away from the best part of the game, which was multiplayer exactly. for me. So yeah. I was like, it, everything was an opportunity cost for me uh, for just going in and playing multiplayer. So uh, I think it takes the edge over Fortnite simply because, uh, as Adrian mentioned, it has such a variety of modes offered that suits so many different tastes. Um, it's like three different $60 games all in no, one it really package, is. It really like, is. which is insane. So uh, hats off to the guys over at Treyarch and uh, Activision for hitting it out of the park this year with uh, Call of Duty. Um, excited to see what happens next year with that. So mm-hmm. that brings us to our final category that I'd like to get your guys' take on. And that is, of course, the big one, Game of the Year which to no surprise is for recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. This year has one of the best lists I've seen in years, an absolute testament to how insane 2018 has been for gaming. The nominees this year are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. I'd also like to point out that... um, All of these games are single-player experiences with Monster Hunter offering an online co-op experience, obviously. Uh, But this just shows that single-player narratives are far from being dead, as many people have cried out over the past couple years. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, before Adrian goes into his uh, God of War fanboy phase... No, it's okay. You you totally guessed it. You can go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, this list is amazing. Um... Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a great, great, great game. I feel like this was the game that's really bringing Assassin's Creed back. Um, You know, so I got to give it credit there. Celeste, incredible. You guys heard my stance on that earlier. Mm -hmm. I feel like it definitely was an incredible game. Story was phenomenal. Like just playing through that and going through the um, just the motions with what was happening within the storyline. Great. God of War, I mean, need I say more? Um, Marvel, Spider-Man, didn't get the opportunity to play it, but I, I've seen a ton of gameplay. It's still a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, Monster Hunter, really good. I mean, everything on this list, Red Dead Redemption 2, I mean, just so freaking incredible. All these games are on there for a reason, and I think that we got to give them, them credit for that because every one of these games are incredible um for for what they bring to the table um i think if you're really gonna ask me who's winning i of course i feel like it's gonna be god of war um and i'm and i'm sure adrian's gonna tell us why but i just feel like it's just been such a huge game it really has revolutionized the gaming industry in a few different areas and yeah, I just feel like that's, that game's the, the biggest game on this list that I've heard of this year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I just feel like that's going to be the winner. I want to say Red Dead Redemption 2 just because of my passion for it and how much yeah. I love this game. But I just don't feel like it it's going to match the um, really the delivery that God of War did. <clears throat> yeah. Adrian, what do you got? I mean, I mean, everything that Eric said was basically on the money for me like all these games in no like way ever are any of these games bad by any means mm-hmm. these are like the best of the best realistically what you're looking at right here mm-hmm. uh, so they all are amazing like there's no way that i'm discrediting any of them for being bad or to and saying that they're bad 
Um, the only one I haven't, the two that I haven't played on here, like really, is uh, is Celeste and, and Red Dead. I've uh, I've only played like a very very tiny bit of Odyssey because I don't mm-hmm. actually own it. Mm-hmm. Um, Celeste, I literally haven't played any of it. I just watched, and then Red Dead, like I've actually watched a pretty good amount, but. I mean, I've played a good amount of Monster Hunter World. Not like crazy. I'd say like maybe like 15, 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, just enough to definitely like get my feet in the water. Yeah. Uh, obviously, God of War and Spider-Man, I platinumed both games. Mm-hmm. So I like to the to the greatest extent, I've played both of those games like front to back. I did not miss anything. You know what I mean? Everything has been covered. I know you know, Max, you did too. Right. Um. With that being said, even then, I would feel like the two that would realistically be battling each other would be um, God of War or Red Dead. Just based off of what I've seen, I feel yeah. like I feel like Spider Man's so fun and it's so uh, it's so compelling in so many areas. I don't know why I just feel like God of War and Red Dead have a tiny bit of like a step above. I don't I'm not sure why. I just feel like mm-hmm. they both do. Even Red Dead, which I haven't played any, but just everything that I've seen, it looks like it's such a good game. It's ridiculous. And I have mm-hmm. it installed on my PlayStation. I just haven't like pressed play because I know when I do, it's going to be just <laughs> like God of War and Spider-Man. I'm not yeah, going to play anything else. I <laughs> yeah, will not. It's, it's a, so I'd it's rather... A huge game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, 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 was so, it was 100 gigabytes or whatever to download on my PlayStation yeah, at that. I'll never yeah. finish it. Yeah, you know it's a thing? little life so, to finish it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, I know, I and we all knew this was coming too, right? Everybody knew Red Dead would be amazing. I felt like there was no way people didn't know that. Yeah, um, it's a rock star game. I mean, yeah. look at it. Look at the last, like, they're, based they're off of the first one, like, how yeah. famous that one became. It just, right. I feel like everybody knew, like, oh, this is it. This is going to be the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason why God of War is my number one, personally, uh, is not just because I platinum it, but because of, like, the experience of what it brought for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. because this is like the i truly think god of war is like the underdog here because it was not i think it had the exact opposite experience that red dead did where red dead was coming and everybody was like you know i can't wait like everybody knows it's going to be amazing i think i think god of war for most of its time when it was announced that they were going to make a new one and it's going to be different I think right off the bat, everyone was like, oh, this is probably the end of this franchise. You know what yeah. I mean? Once they started announcing that they're not doing the, anything like in terms of Greek, it's all going to go to like Norse, Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. Like it's all going to be different. I felt like everybody was like, what? Like this is like, it's going to go like this. Like you guys are going to reboot it. Not the same voice actor. It's not the same this, not the same that. Right. I feel like everybody was just like, all right, well, we'll keep an eye out. You know what I mean? And I don't think it anything really changed that opinion until uh, E3 when they showed like the first real trailer. And I think everybody was like, what is this? That was me. Like, yeah, exactly. Totally. Right. That was me. Yeah. I, and, mm-hmm. and I loved I loved all I played uh, every God of War, just not the first one. I played God of War 2 and then God of War 3. And I played the Ascension one. I think it was called Ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, I played almost all of them. And uh, I and I liked them all. I, I liked three a lot. That was probably my favorite before uh, this God of War came out. But yeah, this one came out, dude, and it was just like. And you know what's funny is I didn't buy it day one either because I even though the the trailers and everything were looking so good, all the people that I love to watch, they were all like super hyped for it at the very very end. I still mm-hmm. didn't buy it because I didn't know if it was truly going to be worth the money. 
Right. And I waited to get it on sale and I got it on sale and it literally just changed mm-hmm. everything for me. Right. And I, I yeah. think you got it before me. Right. And you were telling yeah, I got, me about I got it. it on launch. And I, uh, I sunk my teeth into it and it literally was, I could not play or think of playing anything else. It's all yeah. I wanted to do. I needed to see every little part, every little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had it at almost the hardest setting, like not not give me God of War, which is the hardest, but the one before it. I yeah. played the whole game on that. Like it was just I wanted the best experience possible after the first five minutes that I knew instantly it was like this is literally going to be the best thing ever for me because it yeah. just for me it just it met all of those things that I love in a game. It's emotionally dr- uh, driven. It mm-hmm. was intense. It was mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, it was gorgeous. The fighting was is still probably the best I've played. Uh, nothing made me feel more like like driven and um, mm-hmm. just absolutely like mind boggling. Mm-hmm. You're you have eight people in front of me and you're literally like thinking, how am I going to get through this right now? Well, there's so uh, many different ways to do it too with the runes. Exactly. I mean, you can. You know, traditional God of War games is just like a hack and slash type situation. Yeah, it's like. But this game is, yeah, this game it 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 changed the combat system and flipped it upside down, and you have an axe now, and it it's it's there's so many different ways that you can build Kratos to your style, and uh, it it makes that with the armor, yeah, the outfits, everything was yeah was really customizable, but it still had a lot of thought into it. You couldn't just put on some random armor like you could. But mm-hmm. realistically, you'd you'd be doing it the incorrect way if you're not paying attention to what it brings to the to the combat and to what it's doing to Kratos, right? Et cetera, et cetera. Right, um, right. Little things that I would never expect it to be so into, like the side stuff, um, going to the two different realms that you don't need to do for the um, for the storyline, mm-hmm. like for the actual story mode, the two extra ones. I got so like in like just crazy with that, like. There's just so many things that I couldn't even truly explain. Like mm-hmm. thinking about it now, that it was just so good. I could not think of any other game that could honestly beat it. And it, what's crazy is I honestly thought like, well, maybe it's just because of the game. Like I just had that really good eye off of it. And yeah. something else is going to come out. And then I'll be like, well, that was better when I was playing it. Right. Um, still, nothing has made me feel like it's better from even me just remembering the game, right? Because mm-hmm. remembering the game, you're like, man, it's great. But playing through it, it's way better. Yeah. Because right? then everything, you remember everything clearly because you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. When you're just talking about it, you only remember a fraction of it. Yeah, portion, totally. You know, nothing's even even beaten my thoughts from like just remembering me playing the game. Yeah. So I personally played all of the games uh, except for Monster Hunter World and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I did end up starting on uh, Project Stream, uh, but I haven't played hardly anything to give me any definitive impression of the overall game. So I'll just say I have not played that one. Of the remaining titles, God of War has been the game that absolutely blew me away this year. Uh, For a franchise that I never really cared about um, due to its shallow gameplay and story, Corey and the team over at Sony Santa Monica just crushed it with this one. Um, Kratos as a character was so much deeper than his appearance on the surface and his relationship with his son Atreus develops into something really special by the end of the game. And the worlds you explore are just so vastly different and consistently incredible to walk around in. The combat, as we mentioned, extremely satisfying 
and that feeling of throwing that damn Leviathan axe never gets old. Dude, it really uh, doesn't. It's so sad. I, I can't tell you how many people uh, would come over and I would just say, here, throw, throw the axe. Like, and then I had, pull it back. <laughs> yeah, I had Emily do it and she was just doing that for like a solid five minutes. It's almost like, like therapy. It is, dude. It's so good. I mean, they they said they worked on that for like for well ridiculous. over a year. Just yeah. just the axe, the feeling wow. of throwing it and retrieving it, and just the haptics when you get when it goes back to your hand is like so good. Um, there's a few excellent twists in the story that genuinely had me hyped, and mm-hmm. obtaining the platinum trophy was something that I wanted to do just to stay in the world and see all that I could you didn't see. Want to leave? It's crazy. yeah. It's something that I generally don't do in games. I think that was like my eighth platinum trophy that I've gotten. Uh, and Spider-Man was number nine. And that's all I've got. Like, I don't I don't typically go out of my way to do that. But um, I, I felt compelled to in this. And I'm still currently playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I think it's a fantastic game. Rockstar has done a lot with this game to really push the industry forward. A lot of technical achievement that they've done. Uh, I'm probably anywhere between 30 and 40 hours right now since there's no in-game timer. I don't know exactly where I'm at, but um, I still don't think it can hold a torch to God of War this year. Uh, Absolutely fantastic experience. 10 out of 10 would play again. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's wrap up there. Uh, Thank you again for giving your individual takes on these categories. And don't forget to tune in to the Game Awards live on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and more December 6th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Adrian, Eric, thank you guys again for coming on today. Uh, Adrian, where can folks find you online? Uh, all of my, I have a Twitter and an Instagram, and they're both under AD2Sterling. Um, I also have music out. I have an album and a few songs. It's under just Adrian. Uh, but the A's are V's, so it's actually V-D-R-I-V-N. And then I also have a YouTube, which I constantly am uploading gaming stuff towards, and that's just under Sanctified02. That's it. Awesome. Eric, what about you? For me, my I really just use Instagram. My uh, personal Instagram is in the mind of Eric. Um, along with that, I do have my own web design business, which you can also find at uh from edge to edge through instagram or if you want to check out my website it will be from edge to edge.com and you can connect with me there email me um, if you want to reach out through email as well you can reach me at hello at from edge to edge.com wonderful thank you guys and if you have any questions for the show email me at the email address below at in your I'll answer your questions on the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use to listen to In Your Element. Take a moment to drop a five-star review on iTunes or in the Apple Podcasts app as it helps out with discoverability for the show. And also a reminder to visit patreon.com slash inyourelement and support at any level to receive bonus episodes early, gain access to the In Your Element Discord server, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists.